Welcome to the TBN UK podcast. In this series, you can hear some of the interviews from TBN Meets, where faith meets culture. Hear from Christian ministries, innovators, authors, artists, and creators. Enjoy. Hi, TBN family, and welcome to TBN Meets. Today, we're joined by Alexandra McDonald, the commercial director of SPCK and IVP, the largest Christian publisher in the UK. We're discussing independent publishing and also what the Christian publishing sector looks like. Welcome, Alexandra. Thank you. So in your role, you, you work for SPCK, as we said. What does that stand for and when did it begin? SPCK is the Society for Promoting Christian Knowledge and was founded in 1698 by Dr. Thomas Bray, an Anglican missionary who found he couldn't get the pamphlets and leaflets that he wanted to take with him in his missionary work. So he got some friends together, raised some money and started it there. And you partner with IVP, can you tell people a bit more about that? Yeah, so IVP, InterVarsity Press, is um, a completely separate publishing company but SPCK merged with it, or IVP merged with SPCK about three years ago, three and a half years ago. The company was in financial difficulties, so it's been great to be able to take, take hold and help them to um, continue their publishing, but bring some more commercial and rigorous practices to the process of publishing. And they're mainly based in the US? No, IVP UK is the UK side of it. There is a completely separate InterVarsity Press USA, (laughs) and which we work with as well, so it gets a little bit confusing (laughs) at times. So your role is commercial director, so how did you come to be in that role and how did you get into publishing? Well, I started in publishing a very long time ago, back in the 90s, and it was before websites, before online retailers, it was when the price printed on the back of a book was the price that had to be sold at in the bookshop. Yeah, because the price now is not is never normally the price, is it? No, no, that's right. We have a recommended retail price, okay. and we obviously give a trade discount to bookshops and outlets, and they choose what price they're going to sell at, how much of the discount they're going to pass on to their customers. But obviously, the price we put on is the, the one that we'd like it to be sold at. So it's a level playing field, really. So how did you get into publishing? So I joined into publishing in 1994. Um, I'd done something completely different at university and went to work for a company that sold surveying equipment. Wow. And so I did sales and marketing for them. And there was lots of tramping around building sites and in and out of survey offices. And so I decided that if I was going to sell something and do something indoors, I'd, I'd rather deal with books than with other things. So. I looked around, I read the newspapers, I looked for adverts and was lucky enough to get a role at SPCK. I was assistant to the sales manager and um, I basically did his typing, typed up his memos, (laughs) took them to the post room and after a while there I, I left and joined some other publishers and coincidentally then came back about nine years ago to SPCK. Is working in a faith sector important to you in terms of you're merging, I suppose, two sides of life. Yeah, I didn't think it was, but it's become more important to me as I've grown older and I think as I've seen more what the power of words can do for people. I've worked in the private sector and it is very different. There's a a whole different mindset. So working for SPCK, a charity, is is a great way to, to merge feeling like I'm doing something good, but also 
valuing what I do. So what's the average day for a commercial director look like? <laughs> There's definitely no average day. <laughs> when I'm in the office, I'm usually there a few days a week. I'll have back-to-back -back meetings with all of my direct reports. So it's all progress updates, status reports. It's finding out what's going on. It's opportunities to sit around a table with people, find out what's happening, how the progress of the books is going all sorts of things like that, lots of publishing meetings, so the kind of meat of publishing, what books are we going to publish, how many copies are we going to print, and then I do, most of my thinking time is at home when I actually get to feel like I do some work, mm. but the bit I really enjoy is working with my team and getting the best for people, getting the best for them. And so what's it like in the Christian publishing sector at the moment? Because it's something that I suppose we don't really appreciate or know a lot about. You hear about the, if you watch like just normal mainstream channels, we hear about the big publishers like Penguin and different things. How does it differ working in a smaller, more independent space? Well, first of all, it's great to work for an independent yeah. organisation because obviously we can channel our own destinies and we can, we can work towards a really tangible aim so that that's great but Christian publishing doesn't really differ from mainstream publishing so you know the, the the big three that are out there on the high street and on the spines of all of the books on people's shelves we do exactly the same things they do it's just that the um, we have some slightly different ways of getting to them obviously we have the Christian bookshop um, industry which yeah. is great to be able to get Christian books onto people's high streets and to, to reach them there where they are but obviously so much of publishing has migrated online so yeah. it's, it's just about making sure our books are available where people are looking for them. And so in terms of that how difficult or easy is it to sell Christian books at the moment? Do you find that there's a big longing for more knowledge? Do you think that we've kind of maybe slipped a bit out? There was a time when Christians only read Christian books or only read the Bible, and now we'll read everything and anything. What's it like competing more in a level playing field? Well, books are competing with all sorts of things now. Yeah. There's obviously streaming services for TV, films. Gaming has recently overtaken books for children under 16, I think it is. So, so the challenge is to get people reading. And for me, my passion is for reading. So if you can get them to read, get them into reading books and get people young, that's yeah. the main thing, give them a practice of reading and then they can take that through their lives and then when they're ready to read something Christian or something spiritual, well, that's there for them when they start to look for it. Because part of discipleship is knowledge, is learning, which is part of what you're trying to do kind of in the Christian book space. How do we or how can we encourage that more as a church? Because reading can be quite a private thing. So I love to read, but I mainly read by myself. But how can we as a body of Christ really um, integrate reading more into what we do all the time? Well, the tenets in Christian publishing has always been that the vicars, the pastors, they don't recommend books anymore. And I don't know whether this is a trope really and whether they didn't really do it, but we, we hark back to the days when the, the reverend would shake the book at the front of the church and tell people to go out and read this book. So that's what we'd like to see. We'd like to see more recommendations from teachers and leaders and influencers just to suggest that these are titles or authors or yeah. genres that they should 
look to read in? Because I suppose there was that time when The Purpose Driven Life was a book that so many churches were reading over Lent and kind of looking over. Yeah. As publishers, do you look for that next big book or do you kind of, how do you decide what books you're going to publish and what kinds of books and what kinds of authors? Well, publishing is definitely an art, not a science. And there's a cartoon, I have on the wall in my office, which is, we should only really publish bestsellers, you know, that's the way that we'd make some money. So it's, you never know, you really never know. You get a feeling, you get gut feeling, you work out whether this is what people, are, what you think people are looking for. And we try to zone in so we can be as specific about the need and the wants that there might be for the book, so we can tailor it accordingly. And so they say there's a good book in everybody. So if someone wants to get a book published, what would your advice be to them? Well, there's not always a book in everyone. <laughs> I've, I've, read some, I've read some work that has and hasn't been published and you really wonder whether it should have made it into the printed form. Yeah. But you just need to, um, you need to read around, you need to look and mm. see who does the kind of thing that you'd like to write. You need to approach publishers. Every publisher traditionally has the slush pile when people send in submissions and there are piles of manuscripts. Obviously, it's all online now. It's all PDFs and stuff. Mm. So we haven't got the actual physical piles of paper that build up. But famously, J.K. Rowling, um, I think, tried 17 different publishers before she wow. got accepted. So even the book that can be the best-selling book in the world behind the Bible can take a while to find its home. And what do you think SPCK's main vision is at the moment? Our vision is for a world where people are um, touched, influenced by Christian knowledge. So what my part of that is, is to get as many books as I can into the hands of people to read them to make them hear about them, to make them find out about them, to make them want to read them. So it's, so the challenge for me is to, first of all, make sure that I've given some guidance to my editorial colleagues to make sure that it's, it's what is being looked for, but then to get it to places where people will find it, because there's no point in having the most amazing book if nobody knows yeah. about it. <laughs> and how hard is it to market? Because we um, recently talked to a whole load of Christian music creatives and talking about the fact that with digital, anyone can advertise. But that means anyone can advertise, which means there's an incredible amount yeah. of books. Same with books, people can now self-publish. So there's an incredible yeah. amount. You know, you just go on the largest retailer in the world online and there's so many books. How do you manage to kind of get above the noise and to be seen and to be noticed for some of the amazing content that you're producing? It's quality. It's all about quality. It's about having the best possible writing from someone who's really speaking with a heart about what they're writing about and then telling people about it, telling influencers, leaders, worship leaders, church leaders, to, to, so that they can share it with their audience. We don't have an audience of readers, yeah. but we can reach the people who can reach them. And how would you like to see Christian publishing evolve over the next five, ten years? We just need to keep getting better at what we do, really. We need to make sure our practices are really, um, really straightforward, that we're, not, that we're not wasting too much time on the fluffy bits around the edge until yeah. we've really got the nitty gritty right. So it's picking what we think are the best titles, really honing in on those. For SPCK, it's about doing less books, 
but doing so doing fewer better yeah. books and that can be quite a challenge sometimes because we have the things that we're used to and so we're used to well this person they write lots of books and we love their books how do you make those kind of decisions to say we did love that or we do love that but actually we don't think we can we don't think we have an audience for that and actually where we want to move to is this space how tricky is that in a world that probably moves slightly slower mm. than say, I don't know, a TV broadcasting organisation? Yes, well, SBCK has a challenge that our readership, our traditional readership, is obviously ageing. Yeah. And at some point, they will stop reading. So our challenge now is to find younger readers. And to, to do that, we, we're reaching out to different churches, to vineyards, to hillsongs, to, to, to other places where people are finding their Christianity at the moment so that we can then get them reading and bring, take them on their journey. Because there's so much rich knowledge in the Christian world to be received. There's so much theology, there's so many ideas, and it's just kind of like, how do we have enough time to, to tell them all? Because sometimes I love reading, so I feel sad that I'm not gonna get to read all the books I probably wanna read in my lifetime, because more great books are being written all the time. How do we get that kind of urgency for knowledge? Because People have to know they need it in that sense to know they need it. So how, how do we push that agenda? It's a challenge because you have to meet people where they are. Yeah. And if they're not in a space where they want to read, if they have other interests in their life, if they have other things, then that's, that's okay. We can wait for them. We'll be there. The books will be there. So maybe we can use the content of the books in a different way yeah. and we can turn it into teaching series, videos, audio, podcasts, those kind of things. So, so the words can be used in a visual or a, or, a writ or a written way. So it's using that in different ways. And tell me something that's happened in your job, um, a meaningful testimony, because there must be some people who've picked up a book as I've picked up books and thought this book has absolutely transformed my life in a sense or it's made me see the world in a different way what are some of those testimonies that you hear at SPCK? Well we see them in the reviews that we see posted online specifically yeah. and it can be really really heartwarming to read those with it oh that's why I do it that's why I do it you know when you see the five-star reviews and you you see someone wholly endorsing what they've read then you think that's worthwhile and that allowed you to put up with the fact that there was a misprint on the cover of yeah. this book, so we had to spin the entire print run and go through it again. So, you know, there are, there are great days and, and hearing from people who've read something we've published that I've been involved in, maybe I was an influencer to say, really want to publish this book. It's, it's great to, to have those moments to take away from the the drudgery that, yeah. <laughs> that work can often be yeah so what do you, have you experienced that you hadn't expected in publishing in a christian context was there anything that happened that you kind of thought i didn't think this would happen in this job but it's happened that you can share <laughs> well i've actually found that my faith has developed Amazing. over the past 10 years or so and what I do now has more meaning for me. I think maybe as I'm getting older and I'm feeling like I can not make a mark, but touch people in a different way and really, really share some of the passion that mm -hmm. I have. People say to me, 
you're so passionate about talking about reading and I think well I can't imagine breathing without reading yeah. that's trite of course and there have been times in my life when I, I haven't done that but just sharing that love and and getting books out there whether they're on somebody's you know digital on the phone yeah. on the tablet or something or whether they're listening to audiobooks there's you know different ways to consume it so it's all great and how big are audiobooks for you now because I, I I've dabbled in all forms. <laughs> I, I like a paper book, but it's not always convenient. So I do Kindle, but I do audio books. How popular are they? And how do you think people are taking to that? And do you think that's a real future for reading, especially for your older readers who will stop reading one day? Yeah, well, audio is massive right now. And you can't pick up a news piece about publishing that isn't talking about audio. It's basically just falling at us. Um, our readership isn't quite there, and I think that's probably true of the whole of the Christian space at the moment, but there are people who have a very engaged audience who, who encourage us to do it. Yeah. So we're, we're dabbling at the moment, but as you can imagine, it's very expensive to get yes. somebody in a studio <laughs> to record, because it takes hours to read it. I mean, I can't imagine how long, it, I don't know I've had the patience to, <laughs> to read a whole book. No, I haven't. I'm not actually the world's best audio um, consumer because I get too distracted. I actually <laughs> literally have to have the words in front of me, whether it's in a book or on my phone, to, to be absorbed in it. I can't do anything else. And the, the temptation to multitask for me is too much. <laughs> but audio, massive for the younger audience. Yeah. And I think going through a, a millennial 20s, 30s, that's only going to get bigger that's my commute to work I listen to books it's my way of getting knowledge in me yes. and so you're also a woman in leadership how have you found that and, and kind of what obstacles or things have you faced on that journey well when I first started in publishing a long long time ago I joined an organization called women in publishing and we used to sit there I think we met in the foils cafe or it wasn't a cafe then but it was a it was a space that they had and we talked about how we were going to change the world and how equal pay and gendered balance, all the rest of it. It's quite sad to feel that we haven't moved totally to that space. Yeah. But I love being a woman in power in my organisation and to feel like I can provide a different voice, a different point of view. It's personally, I love working with a team I have lots of young young people working for me and it's great to develop their careers and allow them to then spread their wings and move on it's amazing when we get an intern in who's super excited and you can just sit down with them and tell them that the passion can still be there yeah it can still be there later so why do you think things haven't progressed as much as we wanted because it's not just in publishing I think that's probably across the board why do you think that hasn't quite happened and I maybe even further further in disappointingly in Christian circles, why do we think that hasn't happened? Well, it's hard to say, but we do live in a patriarchal society. Yeah. There is absolutely no doubt about that. And the implicit bias that there is, the unconscious bias that there is yeah. in everyday situations. I think I have young girls, my girls are 13 and 15, mm. and I spend all my time empowering them, telling them that they don't have to do this, they don't have to do that. And then I have my husband saying to me, I don't like it when you say this. <laughs> and I, I'm not trying to emasculate anyone. All I'm doing is just trying to give them 
a different point of view to think that they don't need to things have changed yes. let's, let's not get away yeah, from the fact changed. that you know there are all sorts of things that used to happen in the workplace and outside of work that don't happen nowadays and too right but there's a bit more of a way to go there is still a way to go and how do we keep encouraging young men and young women because for me it's about encouraging men and women together that we need to make this difference the next generation like I'm not sure they're as set in their ways as, as the old generation. No, no. How can we continue to encourage that? No, and they don't have the biases that, that we have. Yeah. It's, oh, there's lots in the, um, in the media about gender neutral clothing and things like that, but making sure that boys' t-shirts don't say, I'm the boss, and yeah. girls' t-shirts say, I'm a unicorn, you know, <laughs> yeah. these kind of things. That's, it sounds silly, but, but it is a really... It is a real thing. And does that factor into the kind of the books that you do and don't publish? Is that something that's kind of on your mind as you're picking books, men, women, diversity? Do you try to make sure you have a spread? Absolutely, absolutely. It's a real challenge to, no offence here, but to not publish by some, an old white chap with a beard. Yeah. That is traditionally where Christian authorship has come from. So... Specifically, I look for female authors and for a diverse range of authors as well. And trying not to pigeonhole something. We're doing a book uh, later on this year about spiritual writing. Coincidentally, they're all spiritual writers in the book. Yeah. Uh, sorry, they're all female spiritual okay. writers in the book. So initial titles being bandied around were great women writers it's like <laughs> really don't need the women in there yeah they're you just don't great writers exactly and it's it's so interesting without a woman in the room to say that that gets yes. lost or yes. without someone you know you say to my old uh, news editor you know just because it's a story about the dentist we could use anybody because everyone goes to the dentist yes. <laughs> we don't just have to talk to a certain group of people about a story that we think affects that community we can talk to them about anything actually because they're interested in everything and so how do we make sure as christians that not only you guys do your part in putting that out there but how do we do our part in supporting that well it's always do as you would be done by isn't it yeah treat somebody how you'd like to be treated yourself it's just be kind be kind to someone but how can the church audience support those authors and those different oh. style of books and different things it's be open to it yeah. Just give something a try, pick it up, have a read, read the blurb, read the first couple of pages. If it doesn't grab you, then put it down <laughs> and move on to the next one. But don't feel that you must pigeonhole something yeah. because of who it's by. Or because of the title. Because, of the because title. sometimes people see a book like, let's talk about race, for example, and just think, well, I don't have a problem with that, so I don't need to read it. <laughs> but actually, how do you encourage people? Actually, this book is for everybody because we all have an ethnicity. We all have a race, so how, how do we encourage people to really break out of that thinking? Well, it's, it's about wanting to see through somebody else's eyes, yeah. maybe. It's to think about what is the diversity balance in my church? Am I one of 95% white faces? What does what it be it? like in what, the 5%? Yes, exactly. What would it be like? to be in their shoes and to be thinking, I'm in the minority here. So it's, it's, just, it's just an awareness of how life is for other people and not feeling that you have the monopoly on doing the right thing, doing the norm thing. 
That's, and that is so important. So what are you excited about the most in the next year for SPCK? Well, we have many, many bestsellers we're about to publish, yes. obviously. <laughs> but we are launching a home groups website Amazing. for small groups. And so that will be really exciting uh, later on this year to, to have a whole website full of content where people can come and get material for their small groups and be discipled together. Exactly. Thank you so much, Alexandra, for joining me today. At TBN UK, we want the gospel to be in as many homes in this country as possible. And you can partner with us in this mission by praying, sharing or giving. For more information, visit tbnuk.org slash partnership. And remember, you can watch us on TBN UK on Freeview 65 or Sky 582.